Trust in our Bill of Rights is the freedom to hear uncensored ideas and opinions, to think your own thoughts, and to say what's on your mind. We couldn't have liberty without it. Now, more than ever, it's good to spout off, to listen, debate, and participate. Here's your host of Spouting Off, commentator, columnist, and all-around rabble-rouser, Karen Cataline. Welcome once again to Spouting Off. It is good to have you along in these times of trouble, in these times of uncertainty, in these times of dissension and deception. And here we are utilizing our First Amendment rights. Um, You know, I am always struck and amazed at the way in which the First Amendment uh, buttresses freedom in so many ways. And people have been misguided. Even a, a woman uh, who lost family in, this latest, in these latest atrocities in Israel, she wanted to warn the West. And what she said floored me. And I won't mention her name because... She's in a state of grief, and when people are in a state of grief, you know, they're allowed to be whatever they are. People are allowed to feel their feelings, think their thoughts, et cetera, et cetera. But I won't, uh, I, I, I'm horrified at what she's going through. But when she warned the West, she wanted to warn them against uh, too much freedom of speech. Stunning and astonishing, and I'm running out of adjectives. Uh, for a person who somehow ideologically believes, which, you know, you got to give her plenty of... <laughs> uh, it's amazing that she still has optimism, but in fact, she is overly optimistic to assume that people who would control the thoughts or attempt to and the speech of other human beings who dare to think differently, to believe differently, to ask questions, somehow they would have a monopoly on the truth and the government of any government, whether it be United States or a, a uh, full-out communist government, would have the best interests of, at heart of its populace to uh, fight so-called misinformation as if there's only one way to think and one way to be. Uh, there's an old famous joke about two Jews, three opinions, because... There are so many analyses of, of the Bible and the Torah and uh, a variety of different things. Uh, every religion has its folly and its problems. And, uh, but one of the excellent things about Judaism, I was talking with a friend earlier about this, is that in Judaism it is cherished to disagree, to debate that's how yeshiva students learn Torah when they go to yeshiva school, which is Hebrew school, which is uh, young men. And we all know in the Orthodox, uh, it's men who study uh, with other men. And they put two students together and they argue a point of Torah. And that's how they learn. They don't necessarily... Uh, accept and swallow whole what is told to them, but they grapple with it, they struggle with it, they analyze it, and they ask questions. That's how people learn. And sometimes they're even wrong. And then they grow by having admitted that they were wrong and not been afraid to be wrong. Only through free will and through the freedom of speech and expression and thought is it possible to grow like that? Otherwise, you're just a zombie. And that is true all around the world. Uh, the Arab countries do not have the kind of freedom we have in this country. And even if we are misguided or wrong in certain ways, we have the right to think for ourselves. It is so important. It is essential. You cannot have a free country without the freedom of speech, the freedom of expression, the freedom to uh, petition your government for grievances, the freedom of religion, the five pillars, 
of the very important, cherished First Amendment. Never did I think in a million years I would live to see a time in which the First Amendment, our cherished rights of the First Amendment, would be, would be challenged under attack by our own government who would move to censor differences of opinion, differences of thought, and to indoctrinate the young and people of all ages that somehow differences of information, it, differences of opinion constitute, quote, misinformation and are therefore dangerous. To believe that questioning and thinking, thinking for yourself, taking responsibility for your own actions is dangerous, is the, an anathema and the exact opposite of the truth. And that wasn't even what I was going to talk about. <laughs> if you were listening uh, to the news, in case you were listening to the news, you, you heard that a uh, couple things. You heard that, uh, uh, where, where, where did I, boy, I lost track completely of where I was in all of my notes. I have so many so many notes. Don't believe the propaganda. Do not believe the propaganda. What we see right now, and this is what I want to talk about with the news, is that Israel is working along with the United States. And as you know, I have some uh, suspicions and concerns about, Israel, uh, about America's true dedication to the existence and the freedom and the uh, the right to exist. I love it when you have to like petition people. I have a right to exist. Yeah, you do. Um, uh, and the support that uh, our government is giving Israel because uh, their actions and their words do not match. Just don't believe the propaganda because even in the news, well, there wasn't a uh, commentary. And there shouldn't be, but the news is now filled with commentary and bias. But they did report that the United States and Israel are working to save innocent lives, to protect uh, people. I'm not sure how they know uh, who are innocent in Gaza and who are not. It's not as if uh, the terrorists don't know that they're giving warnings in Gaza before they proceed with their attacks. But Israel has always, always had a history, never been given credit, mind you, but always had a history of caring about innocent people getting uh, uh, caught up in the, tr in the crossfire. They've been blamed anyway, regardless, but they have shown again and again that they did not want to kill innocent citizens. Meanwhile, Hamas is telling its people to stay put, to remain in the eye of the storm, to remain in, in uh, harm's way, because then, and this is my conclusion, what else can you conclude? There will be more casualties for which they can use as cannon fodder in the propaganda war. So let's see, who cares more about innocent people? Those that broke into homes? and murdered, raped, and robbed, um, not robbed, rob is nothing, um, uh, went after everyone merely because they were a Jew in their own homes, kidnapped them, and God knows what is being done to them. They have shown wanton disregard for, for every, every treaty of war. And they're never asked to held account, uh, to be held accountable. Nobody ever who supports Hamas never is asked, how come Hamas is not being held to account for their war crimes? Never. It is just simply expected that they are never held accountable for their war crimes. But Israel always is. So Israel's telling them to leave because they want to destroy Gaza. I am not a major, major student of Israeli politics, but uh, Gaza is a hotbed of terrorist activity. That is their goal, and they warn people. Let's see, did Hamas warn people when they 
began with a uh, two-year planned surprise attack on, on uh, civilians, on Israeli citizens, on babies, on children. No, they did not. So, don't believe the media. Believe actions, not words. A comment, shift of gears here, that almost as we speak at press time, uh, Jim Jordan is up for Speaker of the House, and there are these unbelievable turncoat Republicans who don't want to vote for Jim Jordan because maybe, just maybe, they want to support Democrats, communists, for Speaker of the House, even though, and they could, this is, I don't trust them. I don't trust, nor do I believe, the current uh, representative, Ken Buck, from Colorado, who used to be considered among the most conservative uh, Congress critters in Colorado, but who telegraphed his uh, turncoatism. <laughs> is that a word? Uh, by voting with the Democrats to, to oust McCarthy. Now, I was very suspicious of that. When the Democrats all vote in a block, it's because they have a plan, either to create chaos or because secretly they're figuring out a way that they could take power. That's all it ever matters to the radical Democrats. There are, I believe, uh, eight. This is an older list of eight people. Some of these may have changed, but if you're listening to me live, call them and tell them they must support, they have to support. Do they, are they communists? Do they support a communist control and complete takeover of this country? Colorado Representative Ken Buck is among, the, among them. Uh, we have Idaho, Mike Simpson. This may be slightly outdated information, but that vote is happening now. <clears throat> and because being reelected is so doggone important and power and the control, and in, in Ken Buck's case, the desire to be a CNN correspondent, apparently, uh, he's making it clear that he has no allegiance to either conservatives, Republicans, or the principles on which he was elected. Uh, give them a call and tell them, even Idaho Representative Mike Simpson, how about that? I think I may have in our last minute or two the eight right now. There it is. Ken Buck of Colorado, Steve Womack of Arkansas, Mike Simpson of Idaho, John Rutherford of Florida, Frank Lucas of Oklahoma, Carlos Jimenez of Florida, Mario Dia Bellart, and Don Bacon, all Republicans saying they may not vote for Jim Jordan. Give them a call, and then we'll find out what happens. Karen Catalina, you're listening to Spouting Off. We have a couple of great guests. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Spouting Off with Karen Catalina. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. Every MyPillow is made with passion here in my home state of Minnesota to ensure you get the best sleep of your life. One of the things that I really like about MyPillow is the support. It gives my neck a little hug. I've never slept better in my life. What's better than a great night's sleep? Call or go online to take advantage of my best offer ever. For a limited time, when you use your promo code, you can get premium my pillows regularly $69.98, now only $29.98. With our 60-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. Sleep well, America! Call 1-800-867-0416 and use the promo code RAM, R-A-M. That's 1-800-867-0416 and use the promo code RAM. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Put a frog in a pot of boiling water and it'll jump right out. But put a frog in a pot of cool water and slowly heat it up, that frog will boil. As a metaphor for us and all that we go through as veterans, it's a story that rings true. We learn to endure the heat in silence. 
We apply what we learn to life, the bills, the job, the family, things we're expected to handle with ease. When life heats up around us, we just try to stay afloat. We let the water boil. Reaching out isn't easy, but you've never been interested in easy. You join because you are not afraid of hard work. You are not a frog. If you or a veteran you know needs support, don't wait until the water boils. Reach out. Find resources at va.gov reach. That's va.gov reach. Brought to you by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs and the Ad Council. Spouting off with Karen Cataline will return in a moment. The Reading Foundation provides evaluation and tutorial programs based upon the Orton-Gillingham philosophy of learning, based upon the study of language, how children acquire language, and the mechanisms involved in learning. All the learning pathways of the brain, visual, auditory, kinesthetic, and tactile, are addressed and strengthened to build a strong foundation for the acquisition of reading skills. If you are interested in learning more, Please contact the Reading Foundation for more information. The Reading Foundation is at 10 Northern Boulevard, Unit 19, Amherst, New Hampshire, 03031. Or you can email us at readingfoundation underscore rf at yahoo.com. And of course, you can call anytime at 603-882-0992. The Reading Foundation, Amherst, New Hampshire. And now, more Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. Welcome back, everyone, to Spouting Off. And now for something completely different, but really not as different as you think. The whole topic of health care, the patient bill of rights, right to body autonomy and liberty in general has been a cornerstone of many of the discussions that we've had here on Spouting Off. And I located and had a marvelous, very long and fruitful conversation with our next guest. And I was so delighted. I want you to know more about what she's doing and how it might be able to benefit you. Her name is Priscilla Romans, and she is the founder and CEO of Graith Care. With a background in bedside nursing, she's an RN, has a BSN, that's a bachelor in uh, nursing, and uh, with her original nursing starting out in the pediatric intensive care unit, she went on to expand her healthcare experience and get her master's degree. Um, she's going to tell us all about Graith Care, how she named it, and what her vision is. And I am just honored and delighted to have Priscilla Romans on Spouting Off right now. Hi, Priscilla. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Karen. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm looking at your lovely picture here as we speak at graithcare.com. That's G R A I T H. C-A-R-E.com. Tell us the story of how you came up with Grave Care and of all times, 2020, a pretty important mm-hmm. year in healthcare. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it really, um, I don't know if there was a strategy to this. I think it was a God-led um, thing that happened in my life where I was struggling in the corporate world and my husband knew I was struggling because I felt like there was so many more options and things people needed to know about how to navigate the healthcare system. And as a nurse, when I started nursing school, all I wanted to do is just help people. Um, I'm, we, I come from a legacy of nurses in my, my family, all the way back to my grandmother, who was a lieutenant nurse, nurse in the Army um, back mm-hmm. in World War II. And mm-hmm. so to me, this is very... It's bigger than just a business. This is really impacting people's lives and how we can um, get them back in control of their own health care. So March of 2020, uh, my husband just, he knew I was frustrated in the corporate world and said, why don't you just start helping people? Just start your own business. And so um, he thought of the name Grace. Um, that is our two girls' names, Grace and Faith, put in one. But if you look up the word Grace, it actually means to prepare and make ready. 
And that's exactly what we're doing here at Grace Care is helping prepare people and get them ready for whatever whatever it might be in their healthcare situation. So it's really exciting. We're coming up on our four years um, here uh, this coming March. And um, at the timing of it, uh, in terms of March of 2020, when this whole pandemic, pandemic, whatever you want to call it, um, I really just go back. I think it was God's timing because it was very necessary um, in the midst of the crisis that was happening within our hospitals, within the isolation, um, the remdesivir, the uh, COVID-19 um, experimental shots, all of these things I did not know. And a lot of other people had no clue in March of 2020 what we were really going to be up against. And clearly God knew. And so I just started helping people. And I got so, so busy um, that I actually had to um, step away and resign from my corporate job that I was doing still. And I resigned in, uh, in spring of 2021 and started bringing on other like-minded advocates that had backbone and experience within their niche in the healthcare system so that way we could help people with all sorts of different types of things. So that's why we have a very wide-ranging team of advocates. We have up to 30 advocates on the team right now, and um, many of them are listed on the Grace Care website. Um, so it's, it's exciting to be able to actually put our talent um, out there to go help people in need, really what the healthcare should have been doing all along. But Absolutely. we cannot change the big bad system. So I figured, well, this is a better way to do it. Let's just navigate around it. Yeah. Uh, we're talking to Priscilla Romans, uh, the founder of Grace Care, G-R-A-I-T-H-C-A-R-E.com, because we can only begin to do justice to the idea of what this is all about. First, I just want to say what an example you are when a lot of trials and tribulations have started in America with healthcare and our liberties and a, mil and a lot of different things that seem to be uh, disturbing, people kept asking, what can I do? How can I help? How can I put my talents to, talents to work? And you're giving just a marvelous example of using your skills and boy, oh boy, is it needed. I want to talk right now about exactly what an advocate really is what does an advocate really do, and how can it help our listeners uh, to access that? Yeah, and really, um, let's go through some specifics in terms of some scenarios. So if people go to our Grace Care website, they will, they'll actually see testimonials on there, and um, they will be able to see the type of clients that we've helped. We've helped people with hospital situations, adults, seniors, to even children, um, and the current story on our homepage is a story from Matt and Jenna. They are parents of a child that had failure to thrive. He was hospitalized. And the hospital wanted to do um, other testing and things that the parents didn't want. The parents were getting super frustrated because he, they felt like the system, the doctors were not listening to them. So an advocate came on board. Uh, Jenna, the mom, called Grave Care. And um, the advocate listened to what they needed, and we started talking with the care team in the hospital. Everything changed when an advocate came on board. We're very professional, but we were able to collaborate with the doctors and with the family to get everybody on the same page because we understand both situations. So it's really important that we um, really help people navigate what they're looking for. Jenna and Matt had specific goals for their child. And they didn't want certain things that the hospital wanted to do for him. But when you're in these scenarios, it can put yourself in a really difficult situation if you don't know the right words to use, the right navigation. They can actually look at the situation and say, oh, these parents aren't even taking care of their child. He's not gaining weight. And the next thing you know, potentially, and we've seen this happen where people have had CPS called on them. And it was just because there was a huge mistake misunderstanding on paper it looks like things are going really bad and these things happen and it's very scary but Jenna and Matt explain Grace Care perfectly and Matt on the um, on our website he literally said everything changed when mm -hmm. having an independent patient advocate 
for our baby in the hospital because yeah. they didn't understand the language of the system. So um, we got him home. Baby's doing great. Baby's um, wow. meeting all the growth and development markers there. We not only helped them in the hospital, but we helped them when he was outside of the hospital to stay on target, to make sure they know how they're communicating with all the different doctors because they've got multiple doctors for him. They've got a pediatrician. Um, they've got a GI. All of these different components need to have that collaboration point, and sometimes that navigation point is really stressful on a family. So. That is a very uh, the the story out there is amazing to listen to their story. Um, we have other uh, stories on. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. You have other stories. I encourage people to read those stories because you do such a broad range of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just going to say the hard reality of what we are looking at today, as opposed to decades ago or times gone past, and it doesn't mean it was never ne- needed before, but it's a shame when. There is a trend in medicine today, especially the more institutionalized and the more hospitalists, paid hospitalists, who uh, don't know the patient, who look on a chart and they decide things for people. There is a trend against patient rights. Uh, There is a trend to uh, things being forced on people, which is heartbreaking to those of us who remember the uh, Nuremberg Code, and uh, that ultimately body autonomy is critical. Uh, and uh, it's a shame when you need a middleman or a go-between in healthcare because of socialized medicine, and yet you came in just in time at a most important time when that trend suddenly became on steroids and people were being forced, having treatments forced upon them by people they did not know, and yet when someone like you steps in as an advocate, which by the way, certain advocates weren't even allowed in hospital rooms, which is totally against Bill of Rights, patient Bill of Rights, um, suddenly they back off and they say, well, I guess they've got, uh, they've got um, somebody powerful and uh, we better watch our P's and Q's. Isn't that kinda why you are uh, there? Well, yeah, I mean, we, we help in crisis situations all the way down to just planning as to what you need to do for your maybe chronic healthcare situation. Maybe there's anxiety there. Maybe they just don't have the, they don't know for sure if they have a good game plan in case they become sick. What do they do? Instead of just yeah. sitting and worrying, they, people need to have a plan. So a lot of our clients actually hire us just to have time on their case to be able to use the time when they need it. And yeah. that's pretty exciting because it's almost like a health savings account plan where they, people have an HSA, <laughs> yeah. and they, it's there for when they need it. And that's yeah. exactly what we're doing. We build a relationship um, with our clients, and we're there for them along along their way. We provide advice, recommendations, consultation. Um, we do. We help people find plans to be able to wean off of pharmaceuticals. Um, wow. That's a, a really big thing people want. They want to get off of the drugs. And um, because they're now realizing some of the drugs have actually been making them sick. Um, as we educate How about people, that? You mean the health. millions of drug commercials that we're seeing? And you listen to the long list of, oh, one of the uh, side effects is death. <laughs> you know, yeah. people are beginning to realize maybe these drugs are worse than the disease. Well, it's true. I mean, some of these adverse reactions, anybody can go look these, look up their medications. I would encourage everybody to go look it up. Look up drugs.com. That's an easy one to look up and put the medication in and then look at adverse reactions. Then ask yourself, do I have any of these symptoms that I'm experiencing and when did I start taking this medication? There could Uh be a relationship to the pharmaceutical and you you have to identify that. Right. Priscilla, another area that I think is huge and, uh, you know, because my listeners know I, I used to practice as a social worker. See, I never got it right. That's why I stopped practicing. Um, is, is the whole area of elderly parents. If you have an elderly parent maybe living in a different state and you can't be there every day, but you need someone to kind of pull all the care pieces together, kind of as an overseer. In my 
world, we used to call it case management, but you, you call it something different. But this is a valuable thing as the baby boomers, they're getting older, their, their kids are getting older in the sandwich generation, and they may have parents that they can't be there every second, but you can step in and kind of oversee things and give resources, right? Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we've had a lot of family members that are states away. Um, even college kids are. They've they wanted yeah. somebody for their college kid to be able to call, and we've got parents. They're in a separate state, and they're worried about them, and they don't know how to maybe navigate. So uh, we we go to task. We help them navigate those waters. Um, we had one college uh, kid that kept going to the urgent care multiple times. Was in a completely mm. different state, and the parent is like, look. I don't think they need to keep going to the urgent care, but we keep having this happen. Can you help provide them, you know, a plan or who to call if they start feeling sick because they just, but there was a lot of anxiety um, that was going on for that college student. So, um, you know, the needs vary for people and we just really like meeting people where they're at. I mean, we have so many people coming to, to us today that are now realizing that they possibly have a vaccine injury. Well, oh. their doctor is ignoring the issues that they're having and saying, oh, well, this is just a chronic issue or you just have anxiety. Let's put you on an anti-anxiety medication. More well, drugs. People, more drugs, more Band-Aids that don't address the root cause. And so we mm. really need to push hard and advocate for people to find out what the root cause is and address it. Because if you don't address the root cause, you're going to keep cycling in and out of issues. You can't get you the right be- solution. Um, that's right. another thing about the individuality of medicine. We've got a lot of administrative uh, collectivism going on in which people are treated like numbers instead of people. And mm-hmm. you have to look at each patient as an individual. That's what old school medicine is all about. And we are moving away from that model into a a much less respectful of life model, a much more collectivist communist model in which patients are treated like zombies or like numbers. And I have been just so excited to see, I hope you started a cottage industry, but I hope you're gonna be the top and the best, but we cannot have enough of these organizations that remember what medicine was about. Um, uh, you have about 20 seconds. It went so, so quickly. Thank you for joining us and tell everybody again how they can reach you at greatcare.com. Uh, right. Yeah. Greatcare. Yeah. Karen, thank you yeah. so much for having me. Greatcare.com is where people can go. That's G-R-A-I-T-H-C-A-R-E.com. Or they can call 469-864-7149. That's 469 469- Eight six four seventy one forty nine, yeah. and our intake team can can talk to them and figure out a best. We gotta run. I'm sorry, match. Priscilla yeah. Romans. Thank you for joining us. Continued success to you. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll have more of Spouting Off. You're listening to Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. They're not out to tell you the truth of what's happening. They're out to tell you the picture of the world that they represent. The mission of the Epoch Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements and facts, and prevent people from being misled. The Epoch Times is independent, We're not controlled by any special interest, and we never will be. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would ensnare this country in ignorance and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. Subscribe today to our digital edition at theepochtimes.com and join the Americans who are seeking truth and tradition. Read the difference on all your devices. We'd love to have you on board. Are you tired of the same old snacks? 
Looking for something a little healthier than that bag of chips or candy bar? Even your average bag of trail mix these days is little more than peanuts, raisins, and candy-coated chocolate. Not very healthy, is it? Allow me to introduce you to White Mountain Munchies. Made from 100% all-natural ingredients, White Mountain Munchies combines unique flavors with nutritional value that will tingle your taste buds and strengthen and sustain your overall health and wellness. Eating good never tasted so good. From Maggie's Maple Madness to Hannah's Heavenly Harvest, Grayson's Getaway Goodies, and our limited edition Christmas blend, Jacoby's Jolly Jumble, White Mountain Munchies offers nutritious and delicious snacks that the whole family is sure to love. Pick yours up now through our easy-to-use online store at whitemountainmunchies.com. White Mountain Munchies, non-GMO when you're on the go. CrossNet offers IT services for small and medium-sized clients. We create tailor-made plans for your business's unique needs. From computer repairs to managing networks, servers and desktop services, CrossNet Inc. offers managed services, cybersecurity, data backups, virus, ransomware protection, web filtering, and more. For more information, go to crossnetinc.com or call for your personalized IT services today at 603-810-1000. CrossNet Inc. IT services keeps your businesses running when you are on the run. Hello, I'm Jim Pullen of Surrogate Sons and Daughters. Are you or a loved one facing the decision to move to assisted living? As we age, we can't do it alone, and a little help can make the difference to maintain independence. Surrogate Sons and Daughters are here to help. Plainly, we are standing sons and daughters for hire, advocates to help you age in place. Learn more about us at surrogatesonsanddaughters.com or call me, Jim, at 603-688-7399. That's 603-688-7399. Karen Cataline got her parents to name her Karen before she was born, so she could grow up to be a punchline. Now here's more spouting off with Karen Cataline. Welcome back, everyone, to Spouting Off. I'm your host, Karen Cataline. Tough times we're living in, and uh, they just keep getting more tense and disturbing. Um, <clears throat> we have with us a distinguished guest. I mean, I love having all of our guests. This one is no, uh, no exception, but uh, indeed a terrific guest to speak, uh, especially uh, with what's going on in Israel. Her name is Dr. Emily Basha. And she is a licensed psychologist, and she's an extremism expert, a Jewish Iraqi woman who has been called on to assess and, and interview dozens of violent extremists, actually interviewed them, and frequently serves as an expert witness in civil and criminal courts, where she's worked on high-profile cases covering domestic terrorism and capital offenses. She was awarded the Society for the Psycho Psychological Study of Social Issues and co-author of the highly praised book, Addictive Ideologies, Dr. Emily Bashaw. Thank you and welcome to Spouting Off. Thank you so much, Karen, for having me on this important topic. Yes, well, let's first talk about the, your, your individual desire to, to uh, dive into this subject and to use your skills and talents. Uh, we both happen to be Jewish. We pray for good to triumph over evil in general and specifically. Um, talk about your background as a Jewish Iraqi woman. I just got to ask you that and how you came to apply those skills uh, in, your current, um, in your current work. Yes, I'd be happy to. Thank you. So my partner, Paul, and I, also co-author of the book, um, looked at really genocide, terrorism, and extremism across the globe. And we used my family story really as a case illustration. So my family, as far as we know, has been in Babylon since 500 BC. We are essentially Arab Jews. And um, during the rise of the Ba'ath Party with Saddam Hussein, there were atrocities that were committed to the Jewish population 
um, in the 1950s, there was these terrible attacks, which we call the Farhud, which are similar to the same kinds of displays of violence, just ruthless, merciless, savagery, killing that we're seeing condoned by Hamas and committed by Hamas terrorists uh, in Israel over the past week and a half. And um, babies were cut out of pregnant women's bellies. Women were raped and murdered. And it was just brutal. During my father's time, when he was around 17 years old, he tells the story of he was riding his bicycle near Tahrir Square, where they were holding public hangings of Jews who were falsely accused for being spies for Israel. Um, Several, well, there were men and there were two who were actually 17 years old and minors. And there was, I mean, after that, it was just mayhem. I mean, Jewish people were disappearing. My grandfather, uh, unfortunately, was taken. Even today, we have no confirmation of his death. But what we do know is that he was taken to an underground jail, which they call the Palace of No Return, where he was tortured and most likely met his death there. And, uh, you know, there was so much happening. My father ended up escaping. He went to Iran. Um, He was smuggled by Kurds, eventually got to Israel and served in the military. And surprisingly, he was actually there on the front lines during the Yom Kippur War, which we see 50 years later, fast forward um, to the anniversary of the Yom Kippur War, uh, which was a week and a half ago uh, when Hamas militants had invaded Israel, uh, killing Um, I mean, just uh, I think we're looking at about 2000 Israelis at the moment with 200 hostages, um, some of Mm. whom are children. And Mm. it's just brutal. So Paul and I were really inspired to write my parents story and um, and write a book about it. And we also went to Bosnia and we studied genocides across the globe, as well as including case studies and analyses of different uh, forensic assessments that I was working on in the criminal courts of people being charged with domestic terrorism and uh, various forms of extremism. And what we found was that there are these forms of extremist radical ideologies that really is bridging all of these episodes that we're seeing across the globe. And these ideologies that turn violent tend to separate people by groups and see the world through the lens of the oppressed and the oppressor. So we see the rhetoric by Hamas today. They see themselves as victims. They're blaming Israel for as being the oppressor. And there's this dehumanization that permits the legitimacy to condone such violent acts um, that are barbaric and sadistic and just savage because they don't see the other side as human. And these individuals that become involved in such ideologies surround themselves who are more radical, and that just pushes them more and more towards this rage and resentment and violence that just is a, is a feedback loop. We see it's, it with tribalism as well, yes, where you yes. tend to see, yeah, there's this justification for um, protecting one's in-group. My concern and our concern is that we're starting to see some of these effects taking place with the political divisions that are happening in Absolutely. the U.S. today. Yes, yes. The very people, the radical left that controls the Democrat Party, and I'm not saying it is them alone, but the radical left does control the Democrat Party, uh, under the guise of tolerance and anti-racism, they have become uh, an ideological absolutists in which they use that as cover to divide people, just as you say. Um, and, And we are seeing that as a tactic, as a political tactic, to create division, hostility, and hatred under the cover of non-hatred. It's, it's so crazy-making that a lot of people can't see through it. Um, I not only want you to, you know, in our, gosh, such short time, uh, to talk about the psychology of that, which you already started to, but also the, the incredible, 
gullibility or optimism that allows certain people, even many Jews, you know, who care about the Jewish people, but who keep believing that if we're just nice enough to them, they'll stop killing us. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, there's a couple factors that are going on. You know, what happens with tribalism is that there's this cognitive dissonance that is the rising tension and anxiety inside of us that exists when we have contradictions. Um, oh. And so when our behaviors contradict our beliefs or our morals or our personal ethics, we have to find a way to appease that anxiety. And sometimes if we try and do it in an oversimplified way, it leads us more towards these justifications and biases. For instance, um, we, we might see our, our group as totally absolved from any wrongdoing. and We justify any wrongdoing of our, our group or political group, whether you're part of the Democratic Party or part of the Republican Party, because you want to be totally loyal to them. And you don't want to see that there is a wrongdoing that they're committing, and it's easier to just blame the other side. Um, but that leads to all kinds of problems, um, as we're seeing in this conflict that is happening in the Middle East. There's all kinds of conspiracy theories and propaganda and fact-distorting information that further complicates the situation, but we can see it also helps with this issue of cognitive dissonance to say, well, no, see, the other side is more uh, to blame, and we are, we are absolved from all of this. Hamas is using propaganda really to inflame the world and Arab nations to blame Israel for their sadistic acts of violence under the pretense of expressing their own outrage against victimization of their people. However, Hamas are using Palestinians as their own human shields and it's really to perpetuate their own political self-interest. The motivations of Hamas are more than revenge killings. They are political agitators. There is a political motivation, and it has very little to do with the sovereignty of the Palestinian people. It's really a timeless fight between the conflicting ideologies between the West versus the East. And my concern is you're starting to see more world powers um, starting to take sides. It was heartbreaking, heartbreaking to see things like rallies in, I believe it was New Zealand, people shouting death to Jews, uh, justifying the killing of innocents regardless, whether they're Jewish or whatever, and, and a, a, a complete disregard for uh, the rational, the, the rationality of what they are supporting. Can you comment in our, still have about five minutes left, of the psychology of being whipped into such a frenzy, which is what has been happening in, the, in this country for quite a few years now. The propaganda just keeps building and building and billing and being justified so that pretty soon people are sitting on a powder keg and something happens and they just go bananas. That's a clinical term, you understand, doctor? <laughs> they go bananas. <laughs> Yeah, like almost on cue. What's going on there? Yes. Well, Paul and I write about this in our book. We also talk about it in our podcast on the Optimistic American, where we have lots of worksheets and tools to help people um, who are interested in learning more about this is where is your personal agency in this? And it really comes down to the individual doing that deeper critical analysis and questioning and not allowing themselves to just give up their power and control, because that's essentially what they're doing when they're surrendering all of their beliefs to this radical ideology. Um, and it's very dangerous. And so we really promote people to look deeper to find their agency, what are you responsible and accountable for in yourself, especially as you're having different conversations with people in your family, your friends, your community members, how are you filtering information that is coming at you from social media, what are steps that you're doing to protect yourself, and as much as you see the problems that are external and someone else's fault, you need to look at your own self and your own life and assess that. My concern is, and I'm seeing this also in the clinical work that I do, that there is this complacency 
and it's easier to blame the victim. It's just simply easier than investing the emotional and mental resources that questions one's own Mm -hmm. biases. And if you see yourself as the victim, Mm -hmm. then it just helps to distort all kinds of reality that leads to all kinds of problems. Um, The issue is leaders know that. They're taking advantage of that. People are also burnt out and just simply want to live in a bubble and a superficial existence that gives some semblance of control. So the way to do that is, you know, not seeing yourself as helpless without any control, but really leaning in to promote that personal agency. Yeah. Dr. Um, what, another concern I have, to use your words, is that the people who are putting out this propaganda to divide people and to absolve them of the accountability that you're talking about, they call their political opponents radical. They call their political opponents a radical ideology because they dare to question and they dare to believe that individuals still have a right to think for themselves. How do you combat that with people who are gullible towards it? You know, I think it comes back to the self. And and oftentimes when we feel helpless and fearful and insecure and paranoid and there's this this loss of control and predictability and instability in the world, which there is, um, we look to do, we find simple solutions. And when we Mm -hmm. look to find simple solutions, leaders and radicalizers and extremists can prey upon you. And Mm -hmm. it's very easy to do through social media, through various platforms, bombarding you with information because all they have to do is activate that amygdala hijack which Hmm. is that primitive part of your brain that gets activated through fight flight freeze responses and you're no longer using your frontal lobe you're no longer thinking rationally or logically Um, you're overriding your frontal lobe with these emotions and we can't make healthy decisions, nor can they be like, we can't engage in this in-depth processing and really understanding and appreciating what's really happening to us. Hmm. And I warn people not to fall prey to that. Doctor, unfortunately, we have to leave it there. I encourage our listeners to get that book, Addictive Ideologies, a very provocative subtitle, Finding Meaning and Agency, when politics fail you. Dr. Emily Basha, she co-wrote it with the Honorable Paul Johnson. Thank you so much, doctor, for joining us. We join in all good people in praying for Israel and for uh, the end to these atrocities. Thank you so much. Thank you, Karen. Yes, we, we appreciate you. Well, that does it for this edition of The Spouting Off. Tune in every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern when there will be, oh dear, a lot more to spout off about here on Spouting Off.